You pour your heart into your business, you give to your clients, and you take care of your family and your community. And you put off taking care of yourself. When you only focus on doing, you bottle up your emotions, which taxes your body and depletes your energy. You struggle to show up, to keep up, and to create results. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross. About 10 years ago, I burned out of the only career I thought I'd ever have. I got divorced, and I was crushed with chronic illness and pain. Now I have a business that I love, a husband I can grow with, and my health is on track. Through the power of coaching, I have come to recognize the resilience and power I carry within my soul. You have this resilience and power as well. Welcome to Inflow with Soul, where we create the space for playful restoration. Space to pause, to play, and to connect with your soul. Because when you take care of you, your results will take care of themselves. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Inflow with Soul. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and today I want to talk about what is coaching. Now, I, I think that uh, this is a profession that has uh, just started to really come into its own. Um, it's coming into the mainstream. Um, and yet it's still early enough in, in the uh, development of this profession that there's there still seems to be some confusion about really what is coaching? How does it help me? What does it look like? Um, and so those are the kinds of questions that I want to answer for you today. You see, I think that coaching is the, the best way for us to develop both professionally and, um, personally. And so it's really what this is important to me to give you the context of, of what coaching is, what it could be so that you can make informed decisions about the right kind of coach. Um, that will suit your needs at this time. Our, our needs change and sometimes we need different kinds of coaching. Um, so again, what I want this episode to be is kind of like that resource that you might come back to and say, okay, well, here's the kind of coaching I want now, but maybe down the road you want to change, come back and listen to this again about the continuum of coaching that I'll be discussing later in this conversation. So just as I kind of alluded to here, I have two um, main objectives for this conversation today. One is I want to contrast coaching with other kinds of guiding uh, partnerships that we might have, um, such as uh, mentoring, therapy, and consulting. We're going to look at those. We're going to look at the definition of coaching. And then I want to move into this continuum of coaching uh, from very transactional to very transformational. So that's where we're going today. And again, hopefully uh, at the end of this conversation, you're coming away with um, that information that you need to make uh, informed decisions about what kind of coaching might be right for you. So let's start by just kind of uh, setting, defining coaching, what it is and how it, it is like and differs from other kinds of support services. So let's start with the, the probably, I'm going to call it the most obvious support service, and that is therapy. Now, in a therapeutic relationship, the therapist is the lead in that partnership. So the therapist is the one to be, uh, who is, has the power. They have the expertise. The therapist is the one who is going to say, here's your diagnosis. Here's a treatment plan. And then the therapist is going to work with that client to implement that, uh, treatment plan. 
So what you're hearing here is that it's really this whole process is directed by the therapist because they're the one who is um, perceived to have all of the authority and expertise. The other thing about therapy is that really therapy is often looking back um, at, you know, our past experiences, how they're showing up in our current experiences and learning to live with that more comfortably. And that's great. Uh, but really what that is, is taking uh, people from a state of dysfunction into some sort of functionality. So let me just say here right now that that is in contrast to coaching. In coaching, we're taking people who are functioning now. They're, they may not have everything that they want. They, they sense this urge that there's more to them, um, more that they want to experience. They just don't know how to do it. That's the, the coaching client versus the therapeutic client who is still really trying to um, resolve the past uh, so that the present can be more uh, pleasant and more functional. Okay, so the second helping profession that we're going to look at or contrast with then is mentoring. Now, the mentor is that person who has done or achieved um, something that you may want to do or to achieve. Uh, so if someone has built a million dollar business, um, especially if it's in an industry that's like yours, you might want to go to that person, get to know that person and ask that person just to give you some advice. Mentoring really is that the mentoring is giving the mentoree um, the benefit of their experience. So they're going to help that mentoree uh, avoid some of the pitfalls that they experienced, and they're going to help them find and see opportunities that maybe they missed along the way. So it's really about, you know, someone who's been down the path before you, knows a little bit about the twists and turns and the potholes in the road and where the bridges are out, uh, all of those kinds of, of details, and can help that um, mentoree then navigate those waters. So the limitation on this is that the mentor is really limited to whatever experience that mentor had. Um, so the mentor is not thinking beyond, often beyond their own experience. They're just sharing the benefit of, of their experience. That's the, the nature of, of that mentor relationship. And again, the power differential in a mentor relationship is that um, usually the mentor, again, is seen as the one with the the authority because they have the knowledge that the mentoree wants. So that's how it contrasts with mentors. Now let's look at consultation or consulting. I like to think of consulting as kind of the therapeutic model in a business or in an organization. So just like in a therapeutic model, the therapist is the one who's diagnosing and creating uh, treatment plans. In a consulting relationship, the consultant is brought in to diagnose the challenges or the problems of the organization, to come up with a plan to resolve those challenges or to close those gaps, and then perhaps even to help implement or uh, get that plan established within the organization. So here again, there's um, the power differential. So the consultant is uh, seen as the authority. They're the one who has all the answers and um, the client is just the recipient and, and does the best they can to implement the plan that the consultant has outlined for them. So these again are the, those three um, other helping professions, therapy, mentoring, and uh, consulting. And really, again, what I want to highlight is that in most of the, in all of those relationships, there's a power differential. 
So within the coaching partnership, there ideally there is no power differential because the coach is not coming in as the expert in all things related to the areas of growth that you want to um, move in, but that coach is well familiar with the processes of um, of change, of human change, uh, whether it's leadership or maybe it's more tactical in terms of models and systems. But in a coaching relationship, we believe that our clients are whole, complete, and perfect, and that within each one of our clients, they have the answers to their own solutions. So the job then of the coach is to really create that space so that the client can go inward to find those resources and those solutions that they are needing at the moment. I think one of the other barriers to understanding what coaching is now when we're talking about, I'm going to use the term professional coaching to define the kind of coaching that I'm talking about here. And so my question to you is when you hear the word coaching, Take a moment and just ask yourself what images come up for you or what ideas come up for you. Who is a coach? When you think of the word coach, who's somebody that comes to mind? Now, for myself, when I asked myself this question, you know, I went back into childhood and my, the earliest coaches that I knew were, were sports coaches, you know, whether they were, um, AAU running coach, um, whether it was a cross country coach in, um, high school or a sports, uh, in high school, those coaches were in a position where their expertise, they are providing instruction in their area of expertise to help that, in this case, the, the athlete grow to their maximum potential. And I use this example because, again, I think it contrasts with what uh, we're talking about in terms of a professional coaching partnership. So, Within this model of coaching that we might be familiar with from, you know, sports coaching, uh, again, the, the coach is seen as the expert and the coach is seen as uh, someone with all the, the tools and the magic that will allow that athlete to grow. The athlete's job in this uh, scenario is, you know, to show up, uh, to put forth their best effort. So that's their partnership with the coach, right? So the coach is leading and the client, in this case, the athlete is doing the best they can to meet the needs of that coach so that that growth is then realized. In this partnership, again, though, it's what I call a to-do partnership. So that sports coach is doing to the athlete uh, for the purpose of helping that athlete grow. So what that means is when, because this is a do to again, this means that the uh, coach the, has the authority. Um, and the, the athlete in this case is really the recipient and the recipient can show up as much or as little as they want to. But, uh, if they're going to work with that coach, then they agree to being directed by that coach. So again, we have that power differential. So in a professional coaching partnership, then let's look at how that's different. So in that case, the, the coach and the uh, client are really on even terms, right? So, and what that client is saying to the coach is, I have these um, ambitions, I have these goals, 
Um, these are things that I want to achieve, and I've not been able to figure out how to get to these achievements on my own. I'm looking for some guidance. And the coach comes in and says, great, I can help guide you along the way. I can help you find those resources within you. So when the partnership is more level as it is in these po uh, these coaching uh, partnerships, then it's the client who says, here are the goals. Here's what I want to achieve. It's the client that says, here's what I'm willing to do and what I'm not willing to do in order to achieve these goals. And the plan then to achieve the goals is developed by the client and implemented by the client. Now, the way that I describe it makes it sound like, well, the client's just going to do this all on their own anyway. What's the purpose of the coach? Again, that coach is, is creating that space. Think about a time of the year. The holidays are often a time of year where there's not a lot of space, right? Because we're trying to add in all of the holiday events on top of everything else that we're trying to maintain. And when there's more to do, there's more demands, then we don't have a space to really clear our heads, get through all of the clutter, because a lot of clutter is going to come up. A lot of dust is going to come up. We need that space to let that dust settle so that as that dust settles, then we can really see what is true, what is not true. And we're taking that time now to find those resources. Um, again, we're coming to the core assumption in coaching that our clients have all of the resources they need within them. They just are not aware of them in the moment. And so the coach's job, again, is to create that space where the dust can settle for the client and they can start to see what, again, what is true, what's not true, and what are those resources. And the coaches, the coach does this through the way they, um, the non-judgment so that anything that the client brings up is, is not judged in any way, shape or form. It just is. And then using questions strategically to help guide the client to look deeper into areas that we often don't want to think about. We don't want to go into these areas because those areas are where we hold our pain. And if we're really going to get into creating real, authentic, sustainable change, we need to change these stories. And that's the space that a coach establishes for the client so that they can do this work. So let's move on now to talking about the continuum of coaching. And I want you to think about on one end of the continuum is transactional coaching. And on the other end of the continuum is transformational coaching. And um, we're going to explore each one of those. And then we'll talk a little bit about what that space in the middle of that continuum might look like. So some clients come to coaching because they just, they want to do better. They want to do those things that they know that they need to do in order to achieve their goals. And they want to be able to do those things consistently and effectively. And so some people, well, that's the transactional side of the coaching continuum. Some people just want to do better. On the other side, on that transformational side, some people want to be better. Because they, people on this side understand that messing around or tinkering around with the doing might change things for a short period of time, but just playing with doing doesn't create that um, sustainable, authentic change that these clients are looking for in terms of who they really are. 
So the purpose of transactional coaching is to meet a determined goal. And often these goals are, are defined in terms of external achievements. So things like I want to lose weight or I want to grow my business or I want to fix this relationship. What the client is looking for in this transactional partnership are, are solutions and strategies. Uh, give me the answer. Tell me what to do. I'll go do it. And if it's really just the solution that one needs to get to those goals, then that could be exactly the, the kind of coaching that the client needs. Now, what happens in these uh, transactional conversations usually is that we start with, here's the goals. This is where we're going. This is what we're working towards. Where are we now? So there's going to be some way to measure progress towards those goals. And some oftentimes that progress is really measuring the progress on the activities. So did you do what you said you wanted to do last week? That's that's one way of measuring progress. Uh, did you get the results that you were looking for um, after doing those activities? That's another way of measuring progress. And then we look at this progress up into those, um, you know, relative to the the big goal that we're moving towards. And once again, when we look at, you know, did I do what I, I said I would do? If the answer to that is no, then there's not a lot of of other space to go. So if the client says, no, I didn't do that, we can look at what are the environmental uh, conditions that are necessary for the client to um, engage with and sustain these habits long enough to get to the results that they want. So looking at environment might uh, include, you know, what is the space um, that they're working in? Is it is it conducive or is it distracting? Are there people coming and going? Uh, are emails or phones or social media, are these things interrupting the, the flow of work? Another way to look at your environmental factors is to look at your time blocking. How are you using your time? What are you saying yes to? What are you saying no to? So we're really looking for when the client didn't do what they said they would do, we're looking for all the ways that they got distracted so that we can help get them back on track. Um, it may also be that the client did everything that they said that they wanted to do at the level that they wanted to do it, but they still didn't get the results. Well, then that's easy, right? You go back and you look at, well, what is the strategy that I'm actually using? I, I'm saying I did it, but I, did I really do it at the level that I needed to? Or is this really this strategy not a good fit for me or not a good fit for my business? Is there another strategy that might work better? So again, in that transactional conversation, you're, you're always moving towards goals. There's going to be some measurement of uh, progress towards that goals. One of those measurements might be measuring your activities. Did you do the activities that you need to do to get to the results? Um, and then we're also looking at what are the results then of those activities? All of that adding up to the big outcome that we want to get. And uh, once again, when uh, we're not getting to the results we want or we're not getting there fast enough, then we go back and look at the doing. What are we doing? How can we tweak the doing so that it, it, it happens more easily with less effort and more consistently? So that, again, is on the transactional side of the continuum. So let's jump over to the transformational side of the continuum. And on this side of the continuum, these are clients who... Well, one way that I describe it is that they know what to do. They they know all of that, but they just haven't figured out why they're not doing it at the level that they want to do it. And they realize that it's not about the doing. It's really about who they are. 
These are the people, again, who are willing to look behind the curtain at uh, those programs or habits, those stories that they tell themselves, because they realize that it's these stories that they tell themselves that they're living with that is really directing the behaviors that they're willing or not willing to commit to. And so in a transactional partnership, the client is coming and saying, I have the sense that I am I'm more than what I'm currently experiencing. And I want to experience more of, of who I am and, and what I'm capable of. I want to experience more of being connected to my purpose and delivering on my purpose. I want a life of meaning. And uh, so in these partnerships, then the it, it does start out with not necessarily a goal, but rather the first question that we ask in transformational is, who is it that you want to be? So even though we might start out with goals because we need something external to give us feedback on how we're doing, but so we have a goal, this is what I want to achieve, but the main question is, who do you need to become in order to achieve that? And then again, that's when we look, I like to use that metaphor of looking behind the curtain at what are all of the beliefs, uh, the values and the expectations that you're living with now that are holding you where you're at and which of those can we let go of or shift and, or change in some way so that now your stories are more aligned with who you want to be. And now you're, you're becoming the person who is going to be achieving the goals that you've set for yourself. So on the transformational side, it's not that we don't look at external goals. We do. Because again, we need those external goals as a way of getting feedback that can tell us, are we becoming the person that we want to become? Now, the becoming is also a feeling and it's emotion. It's it's that feeling of, uh, I have one client who I love this. She always says, I'm standing in my power. And so that's where on the transformational side, we really want our clients to feel like they are grounded solidly in their own power. Regardless of what is happening around them, they still know who they are at their core and they're not getting um, pulled onto the dance floor with all the drama that might be happening around them. So here again, we've discussed the continuum between transactional coaching and transformational coaching. Now, what's, what about the space in the middle? Now, I think I've kind of just alluded to it. You know, I think on, on the one pure end of the conversation, I hear a lot of clients who get frustrated with the monotony of, of those conversations when it's really just all about doing. There's, there's not a, a lot of weight places to go when we're really just focusing on doing and transactions. On the other hand, when we're talking about transformation, like that can get really deep. And if we don't have those external goals as kind of our grounding, then we can kind of just get lost in exploring who we are and and we have no point of reference. So here again in the middle then, we have this space where we might be working on doing and on, on being. It's not one or the other. And using again those external goals, uh, the external progress as a reflection of how are we growing internally. Am I still getting in my way somehow uh, where I'm not doing the kinds of things that I know I need to be doing as consistently as I need to be doing them? Or is it really just a matter of, of I need to learn a new skill or I need to try a new strategy? So in that middle space, we can kind of pivot in either direction based on the needs of the client. 
But I think what's important about this conversation is that most coaches are not aware of this continuum. Almost all coaches are really trained to function at that transactional level. You're going to find some coaching companies, uh, training programs that are more in the middle of that. And then there's only only a few that I'm aware of, a few coaching programs that really dive into the deep end of the transformational coaching. And so what I'm saying to you then as a potential client is to know kind of what it is that you want to achieve. Is it really more about uh, doing? Is it just messing around and, and changing those habits? And I don't say that in a degrading or, or minimizing sort of way. That's That's a legitimate reason to go into coaching. But that's just going to say you're going to be on the transactional side of the continuum. Or do you know that you have the shadow side, that you have these limitations, and maybe you're just ready once and for all to get rid of those? You're going to want to look for someone who's going to be more on the transformational side of the coaching continuum. And so you, you can just ask questions like, how do you, how do we set goals together? Um, what kind of goals do you work on with your clients? What is it that you expect of your clients? So again, these kinds of questions help you understand what that coach is looking for from their clients. And it gives you an idea if that is going to be a good match for you. Now, personally, um, as a coach, I tend to lean much more into the transformational side of the continuum. This is both uh, as part of training. I have done extensive trainings on the transformational side, but it's also a reflection of my own growth and development. Um, early on, it really was about the doing. Am I, am I doing the right things? Um, am I showing up in the right way? And once the doing kind of fell into place, I knew I needed to move more into those transformational pieces and to get back there again, back behind that, that curtain and start um, addressing those major blocks that I had to my own success. So when I'm coaching with the client, it really is about what is it that you want? What do you want to achieve? But then that follow-up question of who is it that you want to become as you pursue these goals? And it does is that emotionally compelling to you? Regardless of where you are in the continuum, your desire for change has to be at about a 9 or a 10. Because change, again, regardless of where you are in the continuum, is not comfortable by nature, it is not comfortable. And so if this is not an emotionally compelling uh, achievement for you, you're going to lose motivation. You're going to lose interest in this very quickly, and, which means that you probably will never establish those habits that are necessary um, and consistent enough to get the results that you're looking for. So I hope this conversation has given you some context for what professional coaching looks like now, um, how it's different from therapy or from mentoring or from consulting, and how it may be even different from uh, sports coaching, something that most of us are familiar with. And I also hope that you now have some concept of the continuum of coaching from transactional to transformational, and that you can start asking yourself, what is the kind of change that you want to make in your life? And so therefore, what kind of coach will you be looking for? Whatever coach you're looking for, I strongly encourage you to find a coach to help you reach your goals. As I said at the beginning of this conversation, to me, there's nothing like coaching to help you not only learn either about yourself or perhaps a new skill, but it helps you apply that. Uh, learning is all about application. Um, 
And this is why, you know, there's so many self-help books or so many leadership books or so many business management books. Everything we need to do uh, and know and do is in a book somewhere. But if you can't take that information, you can't apply it, it's useless to you. That is what a coach is going to do for you. Again, give you that space so that you can let the dust settle, see what's real and what's not real, see what you really want to um, commit to, and then find those resources within you to make the commitment to those changes that will ultimately get you to your desired results. Thank you for staying along with me for this conversation. As always, I really encourage some feedback on this. Give me some pushback. Tell me something that you disagree with and or tell me something that you agree with. Um, either way, I appreciate the conversation and I look forward to sharing the space with you again soon. Hi, this is Mary. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you are coming away feeling maybe a little inspired, maybe a little more informed, or maybe just rested. Most of all, I hope you're coming away feeling empowered. If you do, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. But most importantly, please pass along this sense of empowerment to your friends and to your networks. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you.